Do the New York Giants have a case of, quote, the disease of me, end quote? How will these situations with Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence play out? Plus, where are the Giants going to find some salary cap space? In case you didn't know, they didn't have a whole lot. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy Monday to everybody. That's right. We're now two weeks away from the NFL draft. It is coming up so quickly, and we are going to have a busy two weeks here on the Locked On Giants podcast, which I will tell you about a little later on. But on today's show, we're going to talk about a couple of hot topics for the New York Giants, specifically this point raised by former NFL GM Michael Lombardi that the Giants have a developing case of, quote, the disease of me, end quote. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you some thoughts about where the Saquon and Dexter Lawrence situations are headed. And then at the end of the program, I'm going to talk about a topic that really nobody's talking about, but we probably should be, where are the Giants going to find salary cap space? We'll talk about that at the end of the program. All right, Giant fans, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. that's in all caps, by the way, in the game. So don't delay, get your copy of the game and start playing and building up your dynasty. All right, folks, let's kick things off with this idea that the Giants have a disease of me starting up in their locker room. Now, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, media personality these days. Um, Actually, he was on the Locked on Giants podcast, I want to say two or three weeks ago as a guest. He recently was on another podcast and he posted a clip in which he opined that the Giants have what's called a disease of me. And that came about because Saquon Barkley has apparently decided not to attend the off-season conditioning program, which by the way, starts today. And Dexter Lawrence has decided not to attend the start of the program um, along with Barkley here. So um, as a result, Lombardi feels that, you know, the Giants have a case of, you know, me, 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 you know, the disease of me. Um, He opined that maybe Saquon Barkley is feeling underappreciated by the team because Daniel Jones uh, got paid and he didn't. And Saquon is just as important to the offense, which, you know, We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, it's it's a reach to say the least, in my opinion. But um, so basically, Lombardi is of the opinion that the Giants, you know, the head coach, Brian Dable, needs to get out in front of this because the Giants are just not good enough to overcome this uh, adversity that really doesn't exist. So, folks, let's talk about this a little bit. And, you know. Look, if you've been following me for the longest time, you know 
that I try to be respectful to others for their opinions, even if I disagree with them, which in this case, I do. Look, here's the thing. First off, the off-season program is voluntary, all right? It is voluntary. Players do not have to report if they choose not to, for whatever the reason. Is it a good idea that they report? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. It's always good to report and build up the camaraderie. But is it the end of the world if they don't? No, absolutely not. You know, I mean, we know Saquon Barkley was out working with his teammates a couple of weeks ago in Arizona. We know he's in great shape because we see the videos being posted of him. We saw Dexter Lawrence. I think there was a video of him working out with Leonard Williams, pushing a sled around. So what exactly are we getting concerned about here? That, you know, this is sending a a bad message to the locker room? It's really not. All right. Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence are both in the midst of contract negotiations. Now, the situations are a little different for each one, which we'll talk about in a second. But this is about business. And just as NFL teams, you know, are all about business and how they can cut players and sign players and, you know, do what they want, adjust player contracts, the players can do the same. You know, they can they can stage their own type of leverage if they want to. Now, let's talk about Saquon here to start things off. Saquon uh, has the franchise tag. He is not planning to sign it because the second he signs it, now he becomes under contract. And by the way, even if he does sign the the, uh, franchise tag, that won't stop the team from potentially working on um, a a long-term deal with him. So, you know, the franchise tag is basically a placeholder. So if Saquon were to sign this this, uh, franchise tag, um, his next contract would have to guarantee him $10.1 million in cash for the first year because that's the amount that is guaranteed under the franchise tag. And you can make that up very quickly with a signing bonus, all right? So that's not a big deal. The other thing to keep in mind is that without Saquon signing that franchise tag, without him signing um, what's called the off-season workout program and minicamp participation agreement for players under uh, tenders or UFAs, this is Appendix Q in the... um, CBA, by the way, if you want to look it up, Saquon cannot come on the team's facility property and work out because there's a liability issue now. He's not under contract. He hasn't signed any agreements saying that, you know, he's willing to waive any rights, nor why would he, to be honest with you? And um, so here we are. He's not going to show up. And it's a voluntary program, folks, which I've, you know, I'm going to stress often in this podcast. It's voluntary. Saquon is not sitting at home eating, you know, chocolate bars and popcorn and watching Netflix all day. He's out there working out. He's going to be ready. Now, here's the other problem. He doesn't have a whole lot of leverage right now. So basically him not showing up, That's whatever leverage he thinks he might have. The market is what it is with Saquon, all right? We have seen the market not be very favorable to running backs, right? Um, Miles Sanders signed with Carolina, and I think he's getting something like 6 million APY. 
Zeke Elliott, as of this recording, still not signed. Dalvin Cook over in Minnesota apparently is having some issues. Is at a crossword, uh, crossroads, excuse me, and uh, risks potentially being cut. All right. This is also a rich running back class, which teams know. So the market isn't there for big money. It just isn't. And, you know, Saquon, as I have said many times, is fully entitled to price himself however he sees fit. That doesn't mean that the team has to agree because they obviously don't see it that way. So Saquon's only option is to sit this one out. And, you know, for those of you wondering, well, will he be fined if he doesn't show up for the mandatory minicamp in June? The answer is no. As long as he doesn't sign that tag, he doesn't have to. All right. Now, let's talk about Dexter Lawrence here because that's a little different situation. With Dex, he is under contract. He is set to play on the rookie year. Uh, I'm sorry, the option of his rookie deal this year, which pays him, I think, around $12 million. And that's fully guaranteed, by the way. Now, if you're Dexter Lawrence and you see what some of your peers at the interior defensive line have been getting, and you know your contract is coming up, you probably want a piece of that. You probably want to set the market at your position. Now, you're probably not going to get an Aaron Donald type of contract, but you probably want to be right behind Donald or close as close as possible to him. So that's kind of where they're at with that. You know, it's financial security is what it boils down to. Now, even though, again, $12.1 million would be guaranteed for Dexter, if he plays on that deal, even though there might be a school thought that, oh, you know, maybe Dexter should come back and gamble on himself. Yeah, a player can gamble, but it's a risk because if he gets hurt, now everything goes off the table. So I think with Dexter, who, by the way, would be subject to a fine if he skipped out on the mandatory minicamp, um, I think we will see him at the mandatory camp. We may not see him for, you know, the start of the off-season program, which is the weight training program part. Uh, We may not see him for phase two, which um, is the position coaches get to work with their players. Um, May not see him for phase three, which is the OTAs, which, by the way, the OTAs are open to the media. Phase one and phase two are not. But Dexter will show up. They are working towards a new contract. And it's just a matter of when they get it done, right? And they will get it done. I'm, I'm fairly certain they will get it done sooner than later and come, you know, the end of July when this team is getting ready to report for training camp, we'll sit, look back on this situation, this holdout with Dexter and kind of laugh, you know, hopefully. So little different situation there, but again, Dexter's trying to use whatever leverage he has and, You know, if he shows up and gets hurt, everything's off the table. Contract negotiations stop. So it behooves him to do, you know, what he can away from the team. So until that deal is locked up and it will be, like I said, Joe Shane said that they're working towards it. Um, The two sides need to agree. And uh, like I said, coming up, I'm going to talk about salary cap space, which is kind of a little bit of a sticky wick here, but they'll get it done. 
I'm confident of it. All right. So that being said, how do I see these situations playing out? I just said how I see Dexter getting playing out, but I'll go into more detail about that as well as with Saquon coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you think you have what it takes to run your own draft, pick your own players and run a franchise, every little detail from top to bottom, turning it into a dynasty, then you need to be playing Ultimate Football GM. This game is so much fun. And best of all, you can play it entirely offline and compete with your friends for bragging rights. And did I also mention that the game is completely free to play? You get to manage every little detail of your franchise. It's just amazing the level of detail that you can get into with this game. And right now, Locked on Giants listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps. That's right. Just go to any of the game stores to download it, or you can sign up for an account at ultimate-gm.com. And don't forget that promo code LOCKED ON in all caps for your free 100% roster boost. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us here on this Monday. And I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got a busy week coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast on uh, Monday, as you were listening to this show, or maybe you know before or after, depending on when you're listening or watching, um, the Giants are opening their uh, off-season program. So we will hear from head coach Brian Dable and select players. That'll be video conference calls. So I will have some thoughts, reactions on what's said. Then uh, later this week, I have Joel Corey, who um, is a former NFL agent. He's a salary cap guru, writes a column over at CBS Sports, Ask an NFL Agent. So we're going to talk about in more detail the Saquon contract the Dexter contract, amongst other things. So that's coming up um, towards the middle to latter part of the week. And I also have a guest I'm working on. I can't tell you who because it's not confirmed, but this guest is very well known in the college football circles, very well-known insider who also has some insight on the draft. So hopefully I get a date locked in on him and then I can tell you on tomorrow's show who that is and when the, when the program is going to be. So that's some of what we have coming up here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Hope you will keep tuning in and uh, watching, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on our audio platforms. We appreciate you either way. And I also want to send a shout out real quick to our everydayers, the people who listen or watch every day. I know some of you have been, you know, standing up and, and making yourself known. And I appreciate you. If you are an everydayer, let me know. Drop me an email. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment below and let me know so I can give you a shout out, whether it be in the comments section or you know on the show. So thank you all for making us so uh, successful here at the Locked on Giants podcast. It's greatly appreciated. All right, let's get back to the order of business. Now, What's going to happen? How do I see the Saquon and Dexter Warren situations playing out? I'm going to start with Dexter because, again, kind of simple here. They're going to get a deal done. I I really believe they will get a deal done. I think it'll be sooner than later. 
And once it's done, Dexter reports. He has a, a conference call or whatever or a meeting with the, with the media. End of story. You know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Now, Saquon is a little bit more complex. Well, not really, but there's a little bit more to it. So what I see happening with Saquon is this. The Giants and he are not going to agree on a total. Saquon would have to basically sit down with his agent and say, look, what are we doing here? Let's just get this done so I can get into camp, so I can be with my teammates and I can, you know, start focusing on the year ahead instead of worrying about what's going to happen here. Look, a lot of players, when they're in a contract year or they're trying to get a contract done, they say, okay, I'm going to let my agent handle it. I'm going to focus on getting ready. I'm not going to worry about it. I really hope Saquon isn't stressing too much over the contract because one way or another, he's going to get a few million to play next year. It may not be what he wants because the market just doesn't dictate that he gets, you know, upwards of 15, 16 million a year, nor does the Giants cap situation, by the way, which I will talk about in the next segment, seem to allow for any room for that. Saquon, I would hope, would just, you know, keep his focus on getting ready and just being the best version of Saquon he can in the coming year. The sad reality for Saquon is that he hit free agency at the wrong time. All right. We have seen, like I said, the market for running backs hasn't materialized. We know that this is a rich class for running backs. Not a good year to be a free agent if you are a running back. Even if you are Saquon Barkley, even if you think Saquon Barkley is the Giants offense. All right. So what happens with Saquon? Well, I think he continues to stay away from the team until that July 17th deadline. That July 17th deadline is the last day that the two sides can work out a long-term deal for this year. If they don't reach a long-term deal, everything gets put on hold till next year. So here's what I would do if I'm Saquon. If I'm Saquon, I hold out as long as I can. Come July 17th, if nothing is done, and again, I would be very shocked at this point if something does get done, you sign the franchise tag, you come in and you gamble on yourself, all right? You, if you're sitting there and you're preparing and you've got all this confidence that, you know, you've prepared, um, that you feel confident in your preparation, that you feel that you're going to have a great year, you know, kind of like what he did last year when he was talking about how he was going to show all his critics and how he did, then you got nothing to worry about. You know, is there a risk of injury? Yes. But I didn't, I don't think Saquon was worrying about that last year, quite honestly, when he was telling everybody that he was going to you know, have a monster year that he was going to, um, you know, be back to being the player that he knew he could be. So Saquon, I think will play on the tag this year. And I think it makes sense for him to play on the tag this year. Here's why come next year, right? Things reset. Now people will say, oh, the Giants can, you know, tag Saquon again next year. Sure they can. But the Giants are also going to have other guys whose contracts are going to need to be addressed. Um, Xavier McKinney 
assuming that he is, you know, gets his hand right and has a big year. He's one that comes to mind. So if you're the Giants at that point and you have to choose now, you know, and you can't, let's say, for example, you don't get a deal done with Xavier McKinney. Maybe you have to choose and you say, okay, you know what, Saquon, we drafted a running back in 2023. And I do believe the Giants will do that. Um, So we're going to move on from you. Saquon will be another year older at that point, 27 years old, which is not old. I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, but it is old for a running back, especially one that has a lot of mileage on his legs. So the, what I'm getting at is, is if you're Saquon and you're willing to take a gamble here, you play on the tag, you hope you stay healthy. You hope you have as good of a year as last year, if not better. And then the giants have, like I said, other guys that they have to address next year, whose contracts are coming up. You know, you can make a case for Andrew Thomas, although I think Andrew Thomas, they're going to exercise the option year on his deal. The Giants may not even have money next year, for all we know, to pay Saquon. So there could be a scenario where Saquon has a better chance of hitting the open market next year, which I think he wanted to maybe do absent getting a big deal from the Giants. So that's how I see it playing out. Now. If Saquon wants to be a giant for life, here's the bottom line. He needs to probably get a little bit more involved with his contract. I mean, look, I know he talks to his agent, Kim Miali, but he's also said in the past that he's going to let her handle stuff. And I get it. The agent works for the player, but the agent works for the player. So in other words, you know, I know if I were a player, I'd want to be a little bit more hands-on. I'd want to know, okay, you know, what are my options? What is the what does the immediate future look like? What does the long-term future look like? Sometimes, you know, you get the impression, and I don't know if this is the type of relationship, by the way, that Saquon has with Kimbiali. So I don't want to lead you to, to think that I know something that I don't here, but sometimes players just basically sit back and they tell the agent, you worry about that, you get it done. And you just let me know when the contract's ready to be signed. If that's how Saquon is approaching this, I don't think that's a good way to go about it. I think you need to be a little bit more involved. You need to sit down and understand, okay, this is the market. This is the situation. This is where the Giants are coming from. Now, you could say, well, why should Saquon care about where the Giants are coming from? You want to be a good teammate. If you want to win, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and make sacrifices, not, you know, deep sacrifices, but if it means instead of getting 15 million a year, you take 13 million. I mean, you could probably make up the 2 million difference in endorsements, I would think. So there needs to be some perspective, I think, in in terms of the earnings potential. And again, I do not know what kind of conversations Kimmy Ali and, and Saquon Barkley have had. I would imagine that, you know, she has had these conversations with him. You know, she, you know, she's a, she's a good agent and any agent worth his or her salt would have these conversations with their, with their players. But, you know, you look at where things are at and, 
it's natural to wonder just how deep these conversations have gone, if they have taken place at all. So my guess, again, Saquon plays on the franchise tag, hurt feelings or not. And, you know, look, I can understand where he's coming from. You know, if he feels maybe his ego is bruised a little bit, given what he has meant to this franchise, given how, you know, uh, he has been the face of the franchise since being drafted in 2018. But, you know, at some point you got to, you know, take one for the team, you know, and people will say, well, he did, you know, he, he missed it time because of injuries. That wasn't by choice, folks. This is by choice. So you're never going to get what you think you're worth. Nobody does, or very few people do, I should say. Sometimes you have to, you know, compromise. And I would like to think that Saquon at some point will realize that that's necessary, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. Like I said, I think they're going to hold out, sign that, um, that franchise tag on July 17th, and he's going to gamble and hope that he hits free agency next year and gets himself a sweet deal. So we'll see if that's how it works out, but that's where I see it going. All right, coming up next, folks, the salary cap situation. We haven't talked about that in a while. Where did the Giants stand? And where can they get more money? Because they're going to need it. We'll talk about that right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer. And we are talking about uh, Saquon Barkley's contract situation. We talked about Dexter Lawrence's contract situation, this ridiculous notion that there's a disease of me going through the franchise. And now in this segment, we're going to touch on the salary cap situation, something that kind of got pushed to the back burner, but I think it's important to talk about because it's driving where the Giants are at and what they are able to do. So where are they at? What are they able to do? And how are they going to get more money? Well, let's talk about it. All right. So according to over the cap, the Giants functional cap space or effective cap space, I should say, which is the amount of room that they have uh, to sign guys under the top 51, they are in the red. All right. Their total is $748,731 in the red which basically means they don't have money (laughs) under the top 51. So what do they have total space? If, you know, you were to add up everybody um, and and things were to start right now, they have 2.204 million in total space. That is less than what they need in terms of effective cap space to sign a 10 member draft class. The total for that being 2.953 million. All right. So folks, the giants have a salary cap crunch again. That's probably why, you know, a Sean Robinson wasn't signed or, you know, some of these other guys that, that I think will link to the giants haven't signed. The team doesn't have money right now to do it. So where can they get money? That's the question. Well, obviously, everybody thinks that, you know, Leonard Williams would be a good place to start. Leonard Williams has a base salary of $18 million this year. The Giants, through an extension, can probably get a good chunk of that 
and use that towards towards the cap. Now, unfortunately for the Giants, because Leonard Williams is in the final year of his deal, they can't just restructure him. It has to be an extension. All right. So if Leonard had another, you know, like two more years left on this deal, then they could, you know, go in, restructure it and tack on to the to the, uh, you know, the back end of the deal that that's not going to happen this year. So will the Giants, you know, do that? I don't think that they I'm not sure if they you know reached out or where they're at with that, but that is certainly one option. Obviously, another option is to get Saquon Barkley's number down on that franchise tag and Dexter Lawrence's number down on that uh, option year for his rookie deal. I think the Giants are hoping, and matter of fact, if I if if I had to prioritize, I think that's probably where they would look first is to get whatever money they can down off of Dexter's deal once a new contract is signed. So I think that's the first course of action for the Giants. Now, there are a couple of other places where they could potentially get some salary cap space. Um, looking at this now, what I did was I looked at over the cap and I looked at base salary because that's where the Giants are going to have to trim base salaries. All right. So for me, the most obvious one is to look at possibly doing something with Tyrod Taylor's contract. Tyrod Taylor has a uh, base salary of 5.4 million, according to over the cap for, you know, him being a backup quarterback. Now, much like Leonard Williams, Tyrod Taylor is in the final year of his deal with the Giants. So the Giants would have to basically extend Tyrod Taylor in order to lower that 5.4 million. Not out of the question, by the way, you know, especially if you think, you know, if you consider that the Giants will probably draft the developmental quarterback and that quarterback probably won't be ready to play this year. So, you know, would and, and might he be ready to play next year? I don't know, but I wouldn't be against them extending Tyrod Taylor, putting another year on that deal to lower that 5.4 million. And I do think that's potentially a way that they will go once they address the Dexter situation. Um, another potential, and this one, I, I just don't think will be the case, but I could see it maybe being the case. Mark Lewinsky, who has a 4.6 million base salary. Now, again, I don't think they will touch that contract because Lewinsky, if I'm not mistaken, um, he, he, this is the last year that he has guaranteed money due. Next year, he does have one more year left in his deal, um, but no guaranteed money. So they could push money uh, from from that 4.6 forward because right now, Glowinski's prorated signing bonus is 1.5 million. So if they shaved off, say, I don't know, half of that 4.6, they could make it work. It's not like they would really inflate his number. And, And this is a case because he has another year left on his deal that they could restructure and, and just shuffle stuff around. So Glowinski is definitely a, a possibility there. The other guy that I keep looking at, and I don't know if he's going to make the roster. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to cut him now. You're going to probably want to com- have him compete, 
But I wonder if the Giants won't look to do something with Darnay Holmes, 2.7 million base salary. You know, might they say, okay, you know what? We're going to have different options there at the slot and 2.7 million might be a little too much to pay for a guy who isn't going to be our full-time slot cornerback. So that's another spot that I could see the Giants looking at. And then, of course, there's one other thing that I need to mention. The Giants have 10 draft picks left um, in this draft. I would be very, very surprised if they use all 10. I really think that at some point they're going to trade at least one of them, possibly two, to maybe move up in the draft. Um, That's going to help their, their cap situation because, as I mentioned, their uh, rookie pool is 2.953, and that will drop if they are able to shed some of those extra picks. So I fully expect there to be some movement in the Giants draft, um, whether they're trading up. I think they might even look to trade down at some point. Now, if they trade down, um, maybe they pick up picks for next year, but that's a whole different you know topic. I'm kind of getting off topic here. The bottom line is, the Giants need to shed some weight on the salary cap because it's not as bad as it was last year, but it's also not very uh, conducive right now to further adding to the team. And, you know, Joe Shane, I'm sure will say, oh, there are things we could do. I just told you some of the things that they could do to clear out more space, whether or not they're able to actually work it out with the players. Well, that we need to see, but they're going to need more space in order to continuing to churn the roster and most importantly, getting through the 2023 season. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, for the most part, if you look at the base salaries of most of their players, they're all relatively low. I think that the highest ones are Leo, uh, Daniel Jones, who's in the first year of his contract, you know, Adoree Jackson, who I haven't even mentioned Adoree Jackson, with an 11 million base salary. Do I think that um, they might look to do something with him? I would be surprised, but I I guess I could see it. I mean, Adori has a voidable year after this year. So he has, um, I think, 2.98 million uh, in dead money for next year. So could they trim down that 11 million and dump more dead money into next year? They could. I don't think it would be smart, but it all depends on what they think about this cornerback class. And if they pick up, you know, two guys that potentially can be their starters moving forward. So really, you know, the salary cap situation for the Giants better than it was last year, but still not quite as ideal as you'd like it to be. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. You know, again, that's a story that a lot of people aren't talking about, but probably should be thinking about. So we'll see what Joe Shane does. And speaking of Joe Shane, um, he is scheduled to speak to the media on Thursday for his annual draft uh, preview presser. So we will, of course, have stuff on that probably on Friday's Locked on Giants podcast, although I'll probably tape that for you on Thursday so we can get that out and break all that stuff down, you know, earlier. Um, And then again, also coming up on Locked on Giants, Joe Corey, speaking of salary cap, um, we'll get his take on some of this stuff. And like I said, I've got one more guest that I'm trying to book. And uh, for tomorrow's show, 
we'll do um, takeaways from Brian Dable and the players who will be speaking to the media on Monday as they open up the offseason program. So that's what's on tap. And that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked on Giants podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, shout out to our everydayers. Shout out to uh, everybody watching for the first time uh, and in between. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.